And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. All right, friends, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. My name is Lauren Conaway. I am founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and would like to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We love Fullscale, and we are very, very grateful for, for the opportunity to do this. Uh, today, we have with us Brittany DeWitt Schweitzer. And Brittany is, is, is a double threat right now. <laughs> she is president of Vericorp. Uh, an employment screening and testing agency. And then she has a, a new podcast that we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, and so I, I would like to introduce you to Brittany. Brittany, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Absolutely. I am. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And I'm, I'm going to jump right in. Um, you know, I, I think what you do is so cool, but I, I'd like you to tell our listeners a little bit about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you, how did you get here? What are you doing these days and, and why are you doing it? Um, so Veracorp is a um, family started business. My dad started it in 1996. So I've literally been around that company, which we, that's where we do background screening and drug screening. I've been around it my entire life from me literally picking up the sticks in the front of the office to me cleaning the office to me actually working under him and doing the background screening and whatnot. Um, and so once I graduated from college, I have two older siblings. Both of them did not want to be, they worked occasionally in the company, um, but they did not want to actually stay there and work there. They're both my two older brothers, they're both hands-on. So I am more the business office kind of person. So uh, I started working for him. I didn't think it was going to be permanent. I kind of felt like it was a stepping stone into whatever I was going to do next. Um, and right after I graduated, was working there, literally looking for other jobs. And then finally, he's like, you know, maybe in like three years, you could take over the company. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, my dad is someone that kind of pulls a trigger fast. And so instead of waiting three years, which would have made me 27, he decided to pull the trigger at 24, asked me if I wanted to take over the company. I had about a week or two to decide. And it was one of the scariest decisions of my life. Um, so probably two years, year to two years out of college, I said yes to taking over the company. And then what my parents did was they decided to go down to Florida, which they own a home in Florida. Um, that's, it's about a 15 hour drive down there, left me after they sold me the company. So I'm literally sitting there not knowing what to do. 
freaking out. So the first year of me owning the company was very scary. They left. I went to Florida for a couple months. They eventually came back. But even within those few months, there was only four employees, maybe five, including my parents. So I had both my mom and my dad that work there. My mom does all the financing. My dad is actually no longer with the company. Um, and within the first few months, I had an, the employee that literally ran the operations for me. Her mother passed away and had to go back to her home state. And I wanted to literally pull my hair out. So I had to learn quick and fast how to run things. Um, my parents tried their best to help me from Florida, which again, was 15 hours away. And so the first year was just me feeling like I couldn't get my head above waters, above the water. I mean, it was crazy. Um, by year two, I finally got a business coach, which helped me tremendously. Um, and here we are almost, almost five years later, and I'm still owning the company. I have way more confidence than I did with my first year of owning the company it is so crazy to look back at who I was then and who I am now. Um, so along with me owning the company, two of the things that I, larger things that I did was I got the company to be woman owned certified. And then what I did in the last year was actually, I got it to become LGBTQ certified. So that kind of is where the podcast that I started comes into play. So in the last year, I've been trying to figure out, like, I just don't feel I don't have a passion for my industry, but I have a passion for business. That's the biggest thing that I have realized. And I was trying to figure out what else I wanted to do, which I'm sure there's more I'm going to do in my life. I'm still pretty young. And that's when I kind of came up with, I wanted to do a podcast myself. So then it was kind of figuring out, well, what do I want to do? Where do I want to focus my podcast? And at first it was working in, or trying to focus on like maybe millennials in the, in the workforce, cause they get a bad name. And I literally have to stand up for us at different things. I've literally fought with a, had an argument with like a 50 year old man about millennials, but that's a whole other thing. And so that just didn't feel right to be something I focused on. So it finally hit me in the last year, once I became LGBTQ certified I decided I wanted to focus on LGBTQ in the workplace. And so that is where Calling VS came into play. Um, and that name stems from, my name is Brittany Schweitzer. That's my married name. And basically calling BS on being LGBTQ in the workplace. Like we have a place to fit in and we are making moves in the workplace. And it's just basically calling BS on trying to make us like a stereotype. So that's kind of where that stems from. And so I've had that for, I just, I like, I think I launched that in April. So it's very new. Um, so that's kind of where I am now and still so much more to come. That is amazing. And I, I love hearing about your journey, um, because I think that you experienced something that so many entrepreneurs um, and so many business owners experience where, you know, in the beginning, part of that journey is being unsure and not knowing 
really not knowing what you're doing, um, trying to put a, a good, competent face on it. And, um, you know, you talked a little bit about how you have kind of come to self-confidence um, over the course of time and that, you know, get it by getting a business coach and by, you know, putting, getting experience, I'm sure, just, you know, the day-to-day grind going through it has helped you um, to find that self-confidence. So, so talk to me a little bit about that, um, what that journey felt like. I'm really, I'm really interested to hear. I, I have like a million questions about the things that you're talking about, but I, I want to start there. Um, talk about your, your journey a little bit. Yeah. Um, so again, like the first year of me owning the company, I couldn't, my confidence level was so low, but I was trying to just figure out what to do. Um, I'm one of the big things I did there was rebranding the company because I took a 20 year old business and made it alive again, which I literally got new logos. I, we didn't even have a functioning website. My dad just kind of dropped the ball when he owned the company. Like it, if someone submitted something, it didn't work. So that was one of the big things I did. And I just from rebranding it, it kind of just felt like also rebranding myself in a sense. Um, so that was a big thing I did in 2016. So by 2017, I got a business coach and he has helped me tremendously. I couldn't say thank you enough to him from, I started with him 2017 and like he came to my wedding back last year. So we have become really good friends. He is a big support system and he just puts confidence in me. So once I told him that I even wanted to start a podcast, he's like, do it, come on, you can do it. And he listens to my podcast and just gaining, he, I can't, yeah, just, that was a big confidence booster, but another part of my journey with the whole podcast. So I came out to my parents as being in the LGBTQ community. I don't like to necessarily label myself, but, um, in 2016, so along with me owning the company, I was also becoming myself in my personal life. So I knew I was gay in that sense, probably in the early, like 2013 is actually when I met my wife and I didn't come out to my parents till 2016. So that year was such a transformation year. It was me owning the company, me coming out. And then I came out publicly on like social media too. So it was just such a a journey with trying to own a company and then just become more of myself in my personal life. And I can, yeah, just the journey of being more confident. Even my wife helps me in my confidence. She makes sure that I speak up when I need to because even the dynamic with my dad him and I are actually very similar. Um, when I first started working for him, I was terrified of him. And so were all the employees. And he, cause he just has the way that he comes off. He's very intimidating. And I've learned over the years, I'm actually very similar to him. So I have learned also to watch what I, what I say to people and how my tone is the biggest thing. It's how I talk to my employees because I don't want them terrified of me. So that's also been, I wasn't like that in the beginning of the whole of owning the company, but now I'm definitely more like my dad. I'm like, I'm more confident in the decisions that I make in everything. And 
am more cautious of how I'm saying things as well and can talk to my dad in a certain sense. So it's just been gaining that confidence and being more like my dad has been a very um, almost, I guess, coming of age moment too. Cause like I said, I was in my early twenties when I took over and now I'm in my late, late twenties about to be 30. And it was twenties are an interesting time to say the least. Yeah. Well, and I, I love the fact that this, this journey of kind of self-discovery um, I, I love the fact that you you pointed out and you're very aware that these these two journeys are happening simultaneously and that they're they're very much linked. I yes, mean, they you are more confident in yourself as an LGBTQ woman and being confident in yourself as a business leader. Those things are happening at the same time. And the fact that you're aware of that is is it's super cool. I mean gosh, I wish that when I was your age that I had my, my stuff together that much. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. Um, so, so I do want to ask you, you know, when you, when you took over this company, clearly, you know, your dad was, was, was a business leader and he's had a, a profound effect on you and how you, you know, how you act as a business leader. Um, did you get, pushback when you came in and you started to like you were young you you came in and you were making these changes like rebranding and and all of that did you get pushback from from the current uh the current employees team members you know customers the the people around you not so much the customers um since what we do is basically virtual it's background screening and drug screening like people order stuff online and they don't necessarily see me unless I go out and it's local people, but we have uh, clients across the whole nation. Um, now the employees, that's kind of a different story. Um, one of them definitely gave a lot of pushback. Um, she was, she runs our operations and she still does to this day. And I think she just, she made a lot more decisions within the operations kind of without having to ask my dad because he just let her kind of do it. And I kind of flipped the switch and it's like, you still have to pass things through me before you're allowed to do that. But that was definitely something we had to learn together over the years. And just to throw it in there. So I, like I said, it's a family owned business. It's also a family style business. That operations manager that I still work with today, she was actually, um, she is the mother of someone I went to grade school with and she was a kindergarten aide when I was there. So I have known her also almost all my life and her son also works there. So it was kind of like the dynamic of, okay, Brittany is not a child anymore that I used to watch. She's now my boss. So for her, I think that's what was so hard because she kind of had to switch her thinking of it wasn't just, a new boss coming in. It was someone that she watched grow up. So that dynamic was hard, but I, I would say we kind of, we've gotten it together now and we definitely work together. She still asks me things and um, she's definitely one of, one of the best employees that I probably have, but it was challenging for sure. But everyone else, like I said, her son works for me. He's the same age. Whoever's the boss is the boss for him. He doesn't care. It's like, okay, you're the boss. Let me ask you these questions. And then I had a sales team member 
who's actually, again, family style, is my dad's cousin. Um, and she really had no problem with it either. And to this day, she continues to thank me for the changes that I'm making within the company because my dad kind of, I think he was getting he was getting tired of owning the company. He owned it for 20 years and he was just kind of ready to let it go. Um, so he wasn't making the changes that he needed to within the company. So she's thanked me a lot. Like, like I said, I've rebranded, I've done a bunch of things to try to make the company more well-known than it, than it was before. So yeah, it was challenging with, with one, but everybody else gave me the respect and everything that I, I, I would say I deserved. So well, good for you. I love that you you just come right out and say like you deserve respect. I think that women sometimes have a difficult time um, asking for and expecting that level of respect. You know, I think that we tend to walk into situations feeling like, okay, we have to we have to earn this, and you know, imposter syndrome is real, and um, you know, we talk about that on the show here. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you own that. You know, I am a leader of this company in my own right. And I deserve- now I wouldn't say in like 2000, 2017, yeah. I wouldn't probably have said that. But now I, I feel that. So good. good. That, that is awesome. Um, you know, and I, I, I think if you if you ask for respect and you expect respect, um, people tend to tend to give it to you. So I love the fact that you've reached a point in your journey where that's that's just kind of a that's just who you are and what you do and what you're about. And I think that's really cool. Um, so, so tell me this, um, you know, we're talking about change management, basically, like how do you come into an established organization and, you know, change things and, you know, you're the new face of the company. Um, and I, and I love that you have, have made that a part of, of your journey and your path, but what advice would you give to other business owners who are dealing with something similar? If you could give them one piece of advice, what would that be? So one of the things also me taking over the company was I still leaned on my dad who owned the company for 20 years and my mom. Cause she's, again, she was, she does deals with uh, my accounting for me and she's still there today, but she's ready to retire as well. Um, but they're both there. And so my biggest thing was leaning on them and asking for help because they're not just, they, the way that they deal with giving help is um, they kind of let me do it and let me figure it out. And that was one of the things when I didn't know something, I had to go ask them for help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And that's another reason why I got a business coach is you need help and some guidance in some way. And it's okay to ask for help. And I think that's one of the things that women also struggle with. They try to put everything on their shoulders and make them, they try to just run right through and try to make things their own. And sometimes they drown with with things because of that. So don't be afraid to ask for help because everyone needs help. It's so true. It's so true. I like, I have to tell you, like, it's kind of killing me a little bit that you are, you are as young, as youthful as you are. Um, you know, because I, I just, I remember being in my late twenties and man, I was, I was a mess. And it seems like you kind of, you've got your shit together. I I always joke about it. I'm like, I'm in my late twenties, but I honestly feel like I'm in my forties and I wouldn't feel like that if I didn't end up owning a company so young. And I think that's why, 
because a lot I'm watching a lot of my friends now and they're still like trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives and what's their career and I'm like oh, I already got it kind of figured out so it's definitely definitely different I definitely feel feel older than I am just from the position that I'm in for work well it you wear it well so so congratulations thank you <laughs> for you also a little jealous because I think you know if I'm where I'm at right now imagine what I would have how cool I could have been had I had my stuff together as much as you do so expect great things from you <laughs> um so I want to talk to you a little bit about this podcast um and I I think it is so cool that you are creating a platform and giving space and voice to people who don't, sometimes don't get space and voice. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about that. Um, you know, you've got this podcast that focuses on the LGBTQIA community. And um, I just want to hear a little bit more about your thinking behind starting it and and what are what are some of the things that you're hearing and talking about with this community that you serve so like i said me coming up with that topic and me publicly talking about lgbtq was hard for me um i didn't know where it fit in the in the workplace and in in business and i've been certified as a woman-owned business since 2018 and I just got my LGBTQ certification this year. Um, so that was a big one, was just being comfortable in the workplace as a member of that community. And I've now joined our local chamber for LGBTQ, which I didn't even know those existed until this year. Um, and within that, it, I've talked to other members in the in that chamber and within that community about business. So my focus is talking about even coming out within the workplace. Um, if there's discrimination in the workplace and just, just fitting in in general and in the workplace. So, um, I mean, I know some trans people, there's um, a lady that was, I haven't gone to interview her yet, but she's on my, on my list. And she transitions while she was owning her company. And I'm like, that is the craziest because she was scared to still be the face of the company. So she made her daughter be the face of the company while she was transitioning. So it was just hearing her story. And then my story of being scared to even let my customers know that I'm in LGBTQ that was what pushed me to want to start this podcast. Um, and I just, I just love hearing other people's stories because they're not all going to be the same. And some, a lot of people actually have had more positive things happen to them as being LGBTQ. Like people just don't really care. They're just kind of, it is what it is. But then I've heard have other people on the other side that people make comments. Um, one of my, episodes I, I read a story for somebody if you don't feel like interviewing for my podcast I'll read your story for you and he talked about how his husband actually passed away and they basically treated it like it wasn't a real marriage and the company just didn't didn't want to give him his pay time off for his husband's funeral and all that and I'm just 
it blows my mind that there's companies that are still like that. I mean, that happened back in 2018 for him. And it's, I, I just, that's my push and passion for, for that podcast is letting LGBTQ people know that they're not the only ones out there. If you're suffering within the workplace, if you don't feel comfortable coming out within the workplace, it's okay. Like I was scared to do it. I came to my employees. I came out, but to my customers, it, it has taken me over four years to do it. So that's where my push and my passion is for, for my podcast. I'm a, so, so I'm a crier. And as you're talking, I'm, I'm just like, I'm trying not to tear up because I just like, you're telling, you're telling these stories and I'm just like, ah, I'm, I'm so sorry. But, um, I mean the, the strength that, that you are displaying, uh, right now is, is really impressive. So, so I have to ask, you know, we're, we're in a, we're, we're existing in a, in a tough time. People keep on saying unprecedented times and I keep on saying like, I don't want to use that term, but it's, it's not a bad term uh, because, because it's really true. Um, you know, our current administration, they actually just tried to walk back um, transgender protections in, in the workplace. And, you know, there are just all of these things happening that are bubbling to the surface with Black Lives Matter and, and you know, the spread of the COVID-19 pan- pandemic. And so we're in a very, I would say, precarious time, um, even unprecedented time. Um, but I, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, about that, you know, particularly as it pertains to the LGBTQ movements and individuals who are trying to ensure that they have the same protections and ensure that they are valued. You know, you, you tell me that there's a man out there whose spouse passed and he, he wasn't recognized by his company. And that's, that's heartbreaking, you know? So, so talk to me a little bit about how um, companies or, or what you're hearing or how you are, are navigating these very choppy waters um, as, as I mean, really, you're, you're kind of a, a figurehead at this point for the LGBTQ community. You're a voice speaking out for, for others who need to be heard. So, so talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how does your advocacy fit in um, fit into these very difficult times that we're navigating? Is it harder? Um, yes. So um, to add things on top of that, my wife is actually a police officer. So I have a little bit different perspective of things. Um, so the, the, it's, it's hard, I guess, for me with, with, this because when everything started happening, you know, trying to, you, you still want to advocate for people as much as you can, but I I feel like I'm in the middle right now. Um, so I, I, there's, I've seen like charts on, on, uh, Facebook and stuff. And it's like, you want, you want justice for these people but you also are, you know, you want people to wear a mask for the COVID, but you want, you know, the police officers to be safe. And there, it's just, I feel all these sort of things. So I'm in a, in a weird spot for compared to most people, because 
uh, it kind of goes both ways. Like I, I'm for the Black Lives Matter movement. I am educating myself. I'm watching videos and trying to understand like where they're, what they're feeling and everything. And then that comes to like, even black trans, like to this day, they're still, they're getting targeted and killed and it. And it breaks my heart because they're also getting killed within their own black community. And it's a very um, sticky situation um, so for, for me, I am trying my best just to advocate for people that don't feel like they have their voice. Um, so if people reach out to me and they want to share their story, I'm not, I'm not against it. I want to share and spread awareness for what's happening, even within the black community, the trans community, the police community as well like I'm just trying to be an advocate for all because I'm I, we're all human that's the biggest thing is we're all human like that that doesn't no matter who you are what you do we all deserve respect and decency and and justice absolutely so so I talk about Kansas City a lot here on the podcast because you know that's where I'm from and Kansas City is is my heart. Um, but we actually were one of the leaders in the nation of, um, th- this is not, not a, something to be proud of, but we actually, I, I can't remember if we lead the nation or if we're just in like the top five, but for uh, black trans women being murdered. And, and that's a really scary thing because you look around at the pe like, you, you know, you go to the store or whatever, and you look around and, and, and sometimes I just wonder, like, I look at people and I'm like, are, are you one of those who doesn't understand the personhood of, of a transgender individual? Like, you just, you just don't know. Um, you know, we've, we've had, and, and I mean, I, I'm a full believer in, like, say their names. And so, we, you know, we talk about Brianna Hill and we talk about uh, Jalea Jamar and, you know, these, these women who have been murdered. Um, you know, because of who they are. And I mean, black transgender women are subjected to more violence than pretty much any population group out there. And so that that needs to be a part of our conversation. Like we have to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, then it's just, it's going to keep happening, you know? And so, so that's a very scary thing. Um, and I, I, I love the fact that you have you've mentioned it several times, like, let's, let's bring it out into the light. You know, I think one of the things that this period in time is teaching us is that, you know, we have to examine ourselves warts and all. And, and I hope that that is a a trend that continues. Um, I don't know. I just, I mean, thank you for what you're doing. So I I, want to get tactical with you for a second and I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of emotional labor if you don't mind um but one of the things that that we want here at Startup Hustle Podcast we want to be instructive we want to tell our entrepreneurs and our founders and our small business owners um our listeners like what are the ways that you can be proactive and what are the ways that you can take action and so you know as you're 
kind of the ear on the ground for, or one of the ears on the ground for the LGBTQ community. Um, what are some ways that business owners, um, you know, startup founders, entrepreneurs, what are some ways that they can be proactive and um, intentional about creating a welcoming environment for their LGBTQ team members? Um, one of the one of the things that I at least do is um, even when I when I interview people, um, I try to make sure that that are going to fit within the culture of our business and kind of let them know up front who I am and who who I'm married to. Um, I actually have uh, two other. There's ten of us all together in my company, and two other. Uh, uh, employees of mine are in the LGBTQ community. Um, so I just try to let people know that, um, we're in- inclusive. Anyone is allowed to be there. And my biggest thing is also having an open door policy. So if, I mean, tell like, if you need to tell me anything, um, I mean, I, I know a lot more personal stuff about my employees and maybe it's because I'm, we have a small company, um, but they don't have a problem telling me if there's, you know, personal issues going, going on. I don't know if that answers your, your question. No, I, I, I think that that's good. Um, I think that that's important. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to get philosophical with you <laughs> for a second. I want to ask you, you know, what do you think? what has been the most transformative part of this journey for you? Like what, what has changed you the most? And I'm, I'm going to specify what has changed you the most for the better. Um, that is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> I, I, I almost just want to say me owning the company. Um, like we said, like if I did not own my company, if I was just another employee or just an employee in the workforce, um, I don't think that I would have the confidence that I have now. Um, and and I got thrown into that early, more unexpectedly than, than plans. And, um, I just had to, I had to learn how to, how to run a company and be the decision maker for the company. Um, and I, I definitely, like I said, have more confidence now than, than I ever did. And making, making the decisions, even for my employees, like during, during this pandemic, um, we, we have an office space, but as soon as, so one of the things we do is go to the courthouses to look up data. So as soon as the courthouses shut down, I was like, okay, we're all going home. And at this point, I don't, I don't even see us going back to the office for the rest of the year, just because it's starting to spike again. So just making those decisions before it's had to kind of ask somebody like, should, should I do this? Or I'm not sure if this is the best decision, but now it's, it's me making those decisions. And I think me just owning the company has helped me, be the person I am. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of pressure, you know, I, and I, I think that 
one of the one of my my soapboxes when it comes to entrepreneurship like I, i'm very vocal about the fact that i love entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are the problem solvingest most passionate creative resourceful people i know and i just i i love that like you have to be a special kind of crazy to look at a problem figure out a unique way to solve it and then run with it. You know, there are people out there who, you know, don't have insurance and they're like bootstrapping with their credit cards. And, and there's a lot, they have a lot of skin in this very scary game, you know, so, so, so I love entrepreneurs, but I think that one of the, one of the most important parts of entrepreneurship and one of the scariest parts of entrepreneurship is when you start taking on those employees, because then you not, you're not just responsible for yourself you're responsible for your whole team. And, and what does that look like? What does that feel like? So, so I, again, like I, I keep on commending you, but I, I'm super, I'm super excited about what you do and, and who you are and who you're becoming um, because, because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, and I don't think we talk about that enough. Like we always talk about, Oh, you know, we've got, you know, I'm on my grind and I'm killing it. And, you know, we don't talk about the hard parts as mm -hmm. much. So, so what, what's been the hardest part for you? Well, like, like you said, the having employees that you are now responsible for, um, even again, during this pandemic, I have had friends that are basically, they feel like their bosses and stuff don't necessarily care. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I want to stress with my employees is that I care about their well-being and their health. And I want them even mentally to be okay. Um, so I think it's, they, they have definitely become my family and I want to take care of them. So even during this pandemic, I made sure that I went ahead and like sent them gift cards to the store because I just want to make sure that they're okay. And then we've done uh, every week we do a virtual meeting to check in with them because I know everyone's mental state is not all the same. And I know definitely for me, even just being at home and doing the same thing every day when before I was going into the office every day, um, it's definitely a different mentality and you just kind of feel stuck. So that's, that's the biggest thing is making sure everyone that you're in in charge of is is doing okay and their well-being is okay and and it again it's not just um being sick and stuff it's your physical and your mental like your mental health is very very important and that's one of the things that I'm even now I'm just trying to do even better about and I'm making sure that they're okay yeah that's that that's a hard line to straddle. Well, so so I I want to end on on a good note. We're we're coming up on time here. So so I want to ask you what what is your favorite thing about being a woman leader in the spaces that you operate in? Um I think especially for my industry for the background screen industry um it was a male dominated industry for like the longest time. And I, again, have been around it basically my whole entire life. And 
I would say in the last few years, it is almost, it is amazing to watch other women finally come into the industry and we have like a more united front. So now I even have like vendors that I'm friends with and stuff like that. So I think just having other women in the industry has been one of the, one of my highlights because again, it was male dominated and it, you just don't feel like you fit in all the way with them. Right. So, so I have to tell you, so my background, um, my background is in marketing and operations. Like that's what I've done, but the industries that I did it in were aerospace, IT and automotive, which are three oh pretty gosh. heavily male. Dominated. <laughs> Um, and, and I got to tell you, like one of the reasons that I started Innovate Her KC um, was because I never wanted a woman to feel lonely like I did sometimes being the only woman at the management table. And, you know, and, and it wasn't always it wasn't always bad. Sometimes it was really cool to be able to lend a new perspective or a new voice to these organizations that I was at, in, you know, definitely dealt with some some not so pleasant circumstances, but for the most part, it was, it was an honor being able to, to use my voice to advocate for people who, um, who didn't have a seat at the table. And so, so, so I love that. Um, so, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it here, but I have a silly question for you. Are you ready? So I'm going to give you an easy one. Cause we've talked about some hard topics today and we have covered a lot of ground Sweet. in the chat. I just, I want to point that out. We've kind of, we've, we've talked a lot about a lot of different stuff. Um, so my silly question is if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? My wife actually always jokes about this. Um, I, for some reason, always just crave quesadillas. So she will like make me homemade quesadillas quite often. So that's just my one of my things is quesadillas. Well, there's a lot of stuff that you could do with quesadillas. Oh like, yeah, we've done like chicken. You could do different like themes. And- we managed to do like a pizza one one night. Like Ooh. there's just anything you can put on it. So quesadillas yeah, are definitely my my go-to okay so so really it's just kind of anything in between two tortillas and you just press okay I love it well well Brittany thank you so much for for being here with us today and for talking to us and and sharing sharing your journey it has been a a true pleasure thank you so much for having me absolutely and listeners thank you for being with us here yet again for another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. Uh, Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Fullscale.io. And please bear in mind, come and find us on Instagram at Startup Hustle Podcast or check out our YouTube channel. We would love to see you and we hope to see you for our next show. Thanks so much. Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.